And the lights have dimmed. You know, I've been watching a lot of American Idol lately. Really enjoying it this season. Sad though. Uh, the other day I watched it, there were no commercials on the um, on-demand version. I hope it sticks around. But anyhow, I love when they say that. Dim the lights, Kieran. That's a cool thing. Happens every morning here at 9 a.m. And that means it's time for Radio Ignite Live. I'm Eric Greenspan, and I am really glad to be here. Today we're going to be talking about travel in the wake of 2019. I mean, it, it's just something else. Getting on an airplane is like it's never been. I mean, you, you, you once thought of airplanes as just this majestic and amazing thing. And, and then there was that period of the 757 when planes were, and the 737 when they were just sardine cans and the plane was just, just totally, it was a bus with wings. And, and then this, recently we've watched a lot of the plane shift. And I don't know if you know it or not, but I'm a huge fan of commercial jets. And I watched them and we now have the 747-8, which has of course been discontinued, but they're still building them because they have orders. Gorgeous, gorgeous, queen of the sky. And they have the 787 and Airbus has the 350 and the 380, but that's been discontinued too. All four engine aircraft are discontinued um, generally because the expense isn't there and planes are safe enough to fly with two. Well, they've lowered their costs and they become more efficient. Planes are more efficient than they've ever been. Uh, they're made out of and composite materials now so they're lighter and stronger and um it's just you know a better airplane better aircraft and yet you know we had the 737 737 max crashes back to back which puts kind of something in your mind and it just really travel is just you know it's 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 a lot to undertake because there's the fear there's the you know obviously the fear of a plane crash but that's something we we tend to deal with well it's a pretty safe way to travel. But then there's the fear of hijacking and there's the fear, all these things, right? But none of that, believe it or not, to me anyhow, none of that holds a candle to the frustration of getting on an airplane or for that matter, buying a ticket. I'm flying to Minnesota for my son's uh, hockey tournament and he was just named to... They, they have two teams um, that are going. They're, they're called RAD, Rapid Athlete Development, which is the head coach of the LA Junior Kings. Uh, they practice at Toyota Center, and my, my son Jackson has been playing, and there's 32 kids, so they're going to have two teams. And they're entering into two divisions. There's the very distinguished AAA and the very, very top-of-the-line best players in the country elite division. And we got the news that Jackson made the elite team and I couldn't be happier. But regardless, I'm going to Minnesota and I'm going to Minnesota and I'm going to hang out with my son and my ex and her boyfriend and his son. And I'm going to watch him play and I'm going to work from my hotel and I'm going to go visit with a client who is in Minnesota and I'm going to spend the entire day there Monday and I'm flying out there Monday night, flying into Denver and I'm going to stay in Denver for a day and I'm going to go see another client. So I've made my flights all kind of one way and whatever, but it didn't matter. That didn't affect anything. Round, tri uh, round trip travel doesn't necessarily save you any money these days because a lot of flights are mixed on different aircraft. And particularly if you're flying out of Santa Barbara, which is a small airport, and oftentimes you take a, 
a short haul flight to um, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and if you're lucky, Denver or Dallas, because then you get a bit of a bigger plane. But it's still relatively small because Santa Barbara is a small uh, airport. So you don't get anything bigger than a 737 and you rarely even see those. So I go online to book a ticket and the only thing that flies the way I wanted to do it and at the times I wanted uh, was Frontier. And I'm not a big fan of Southwest and Frontier and Spirit and any of the other bargain airlines. But I went through the process of buying a Frontier ticket because it made sense. It, it allowed me to go through Denver when I wanted to on the way back. And it just it flew out of Santa Barbara to, to Denver. It just worked out. Well, it was weird because they only flew on certain days because obviously the plane isn't back yet. They don't have enough planes and enough demand. So they fly one way one day and then back the next day. So you can't fly every day. So that put a... a a wrench in my idea in terms of um, how I would get back. So I, I looked at it, I thought, you know, well, I can stay another day and, and that would give me more time to spend with my client anyhow. So I will. And that worked out. So each time I bought a ticket, the first one was $100. When I was done, it was $230. The second one was I want to say $99. And by the time I was done, it was $230. And the third one was the next one from Denver to Santa Barbara was $45. Bucks. I was blown away. Yeah, $140 something when I was done. More. I mean, come on. Really? You, you, you sell me a ticket for $45 bucks, and then I go pick a seat. And if I want to sit by the bathroom, it's $39. And if I want to sit up in the middle, it's $59. And if I want to sit up front and have leg room that's normal for any human being should have, I can pay $69. So another $69 for me. And then, of course, there are no bags allowed on a plane. Uh, I mean, come on, everybody travels with a bag, but no, we're, we're going we're gonna to trim the, the fare down to 45 and then we're going to charge people who have bags. If you don't have, I mean, who travels without a bag? And then we started doing carry-on bags because it was cheaper and, and we put them on the plane, but it slows down the boarding and makes things challenging. People bumping each other in the head and, and flight, attending, flight attendants actually having to lift things and do things helping people and you know everybody's in the aisles and in the way so that was just a big mess and nothing fit in the overhead bins and bags were getting bigger and trying to shove them in there and it's just a it's just a, a comedy it's like a uh, it's, it's it's like the movie airplane right and <clears throat> hopefully it's not like that in the cockpit but at the end of the day you know you get through the whole thing and you just feel like the process is just gotten so out of hand and I'm really hoping at some point this nonsense goes away. I don't necessarily need the best deal. I just want to be able to get on an airplane, sit comfortably, and, and eat something if I'm hungry. And I don't mind paying for food. You know, that, that's okay. I guess that makes sense because um, I can certainly bring my own food. But, man, the experience of flying used to be so great. You know, it was all about service and the food. They were trying to make the food great and the food was included. And the, you, you were excited about that airplane tray coming to your, to your you know, aisle. And, and if you're in first class, it's, you know, a whole different experience. But even that's been, been taken out, particularly on smaller uh, planes and, and shorter hauls. You know, you get the basics and, 
it's just not what it once was. And I guess that's okay. I mean, we don't need to have gorgeous hot food on an airplane, but when you're flying, you know, internationally and what have you, that still does occur. And it's still a different story. They have to feed you and what have you. But when you fly across the country and you're on a plane for a couple of hours and then you take another one for a couple, or if you fly direct, which you can't do from Santa Barbara, um, but if you fly from LA to Minneapolis, uh, you can fly direct and you can get a decent, um, uh, flight perhaps out of LA. And, and what's interesting about that is you'll probably, um, you'll, you'll probably get a meal if it's long enough. Um, I don't even know if they do anymore at all. Uh, I often try to fly first class or at least business class. If I'm flying more than five hours, I don't like to sit in a plane that long. If it's just me for sure, if it's with my family and I can get the whole aisle, I don't really care as much, but it's just really, really, really frustrating. And this is just before you get to the airport. Now, when you get to the airport, and this is obvious, we all know this happens, we go through a process of scanning and waiting and walking, and it's gotten a little bit better, but not really. And you know, you really just have to sit back and look at the whole system, and it, the expense of what it costs to staff and and scan and and just make sure that everything is is what it's supposed to be is extraordinary which is obviously adding to the cost of travel uh, and making for all this to be because everybody's going to have to share that cost and you just you, you hope that they're going to find a better way to do this type of thing and i think that they will i really do um you know, as I built bots and automations and things like that, I start thinking to myself, you know, there could be a way for us to scan ourselves, you know, where we have to go through the device and have to stand there and that it controls the process and there doesn't need to be as many people who are actually standing around. A lot of them are just standing around, um, not sure what they're doing, taking the, the buckets from one side of the conveyor to the other. I mean, there's got to be a better way to do that. I don't know why the buckets aren't just on the, the, the conveyor belt, you know, fastened on and you just put your stuff in it and then it dumps it out at the end or, or they're Velcroed and it reattaches. I don't know. There's got to be a way to do it. It's opportunity out there. Fact of the matter is, is travel has become quite an undertaking. And for those that travel on a regular basis, I salute you. I, I feel for you. I guess you've probably become numb and you've got your upgrades and you've got your special programs and you've got things figured out, but still it's, it's still a grind. And you know, it's a, it's a sad day when, when there's a snowstorm somewhere and an airport gets closed and everything is, is just awry. And that's, you know, something we've always dealt with. And I've, al I've always enjoyed sitting in an airport being delayed and knowing that, you know, I was just watching people and eating food and having a drink and, and just chilling and doing whatever, maybe some work, you know, I'm, I'm captivated. It's not such an awful thing it's because sometimes it's getting on the plane is, is the last thing on your mind. It used to be the first and don't get me wrong. I love to fly. I love every bit of it, but I dread the experience. It's just really become a grind. And you know, here in Santa Barbara, we used to have where you walked out to the plane it was this little tiny airport. You could literally park and, and, and jump out of your car and be on your plane within seconds. And, and now it's a full airport with jetways and it's just become 
what everything else has become. And I don't really know why. I, I'm sure it's because they wanted to get larger airlines, but we're a small city. I, I don't think it wasn't working before. I think it just somebody needed to build it. And when you build something like that, you get paid. So whoever is driving something like that is obviously selfishly motivated. I don't think it needed to happen. I don't think some of the rotaries that have gone in and the, the closures of, of on-ramps have had to happen. I don't think a lot of things happen. You know, I'm watching Billions right now and, and how, the, how the, the, the dad of Chuck Rhodes is, is building this crazy uh, um, facility in, in this giant empty space and, and pulling permits through you know, relationships and the process. Also, he can make a fortune and leave that money to his family, which is great, and he has every right to, but everybody agrees what he's building is not needed, nobody wants it. Um, it really needs to be some sort of a some sort of a, a system in place that, that, that straightens all this stuff up. But anyhow, airlines, airports, and airplanes, it's something else. Now, the good side is the planes are better, as I mentioned, and the best thing I think that has come to all of travel are the Uber and Lyft type services. Gone are the days where finding a taxi uh, and fighting for a taxi versus calling in your Uber and it gets there when it's supposed to and tells you when it's there and it's yours and it's, you don't have to share it. And it's just a done deal. And that to me is extraordinary. And I hope that that continues. Remember how Uber got started and, and, and the, um, the, the services that allow you to uh, rent out vacation homes and what have you, right? This was necessity. People had rooms um, that they needed to rent because they were hurting. They were financially strapped during the recession. They had cars that they had to make car payments on, but couldn't afford to. So what they do, they got in them and they started becoming their own taxi service. Taxi companies didn't like it at all, right? But at the end of the day, it's a great thing. It turned out great for us, turned out great for them. They got to keep their jobs and their cars and their lives and feed their families. And, you know, I'm sure some taxi services suffered. Taxi drivers probably suffered. But if I were them, I'd be jumping out of that taxi and jumping into my personal vehicle and and making more money doing the Uber thing. So in any event, there's good and bad about travel. Just take it as well as you can. Uh, make sure kids have something to keep them busy. Get them lots of exercise before they get on the plane. You get a lot of exercise before you get on the plane. Probably the best thing, I, I, I think I'm gonna ride the Peloton before I leave. That's probably a good idea, right? Anyhow, travel is what it is. And there's great opportunity there for those that want to venture in and help fix the systems that are broken, make it better, make the processes work better, better trained people, fewer people. We don't need that many agents inside of an airport. It's just ridiculous. The show of strength aside, it's costly, and many of them are just twiddling their thumbs. Literally, I just don't get it. They're all talking to each other about what they did last night and what have you. They're just, they're, 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 they need to stay focused. The job needs to be difficult. Like every job is difficult. It shouldn't be a walk in the park. It shouldn't be just for the great benefits. It shouldn't be 
um, overkill so that, you know, we're filling an airport with people that somebody has to pay for. Um, and yet we still sometimes wait in line for an extraordinary amount of time. Extraordinary. My mom wouldn't even get on an airplane today because she couldn't deal with it. And that's a shame. My name is Eric Greenspan. This is Radio Ignite Live. We talked today about travel in 2019 and how it's changed. I'm traveling this week, heading off to Minnesota. I'm going to have a great time, make the best of it. My kid's going to do great in hockey. I can't wait to watch him. If you want to hear this episode or any other episodes, all you have to do is go to radioignite.com and you can find us there. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Stitcher, you name it, iTunes, Google Play Music. You can find us there. We hope you do. And I look forward to our next discussion. <laughs>